What is the UK's new GCSE about? And how did our ocean conference go this year? Hey y'all, welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckosphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and US-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Wednesday, April 20th. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with some new studies. The Colorado River was recently named the most endangered river in the United States by the nonprofit American Rivers. That's a big problem because it provides drinking water, irrigation, and electricity for 40 million people. The river is being dragged down by drought and coal ash contamination. The Mississippi River is also on the top 10 endangered rivers list. There's a new study out of University of Essex and Warlick that is sure to ruffle some feathers. They looked at 25 European Union countries and found that overall right-wing populist parties have bad climate policies. They created a climate policy index and compared it with a baseline of center-right climate agendas and found the combined presence of the center-right party in the parliament and the government results in a reduction of climate action by 25%. Now on to climate victories. Climate protests continue in London as six Extinction Rebellion activists are arrested for scaling an oil tanker. Two of these activists are Olympic athletes, a gold medal canoeist and an Olympic sailor. Scientists have become particularly vocal this year, with over a thousand scientists around the world protesting for the climate just last week. This includes NASA scientist Peter Kalmus, who was arrested last week after handcuffing himself to a J.P. Morgan Chase building in Los Angeles. Other places of protest include Spain, Ecuador, Rwanda, Sierra Leone, Malawi, and the U.K. Speaking of the UK, a new natural history GCSE will be launched next week to teach students how to protect their planet. The qualification will be available from September 2025 and will encompass lessons on different organisms and their environments, environmental and sustainable issues, and conservation methods. This is a big deal because most countries don't require students to learn about climate change. Hopefully it will inspire other countries to do the same. Over in the U.S., the Department of Energy loaned $107 million to up the domestic battery materials production. It would expand the operation in Louisiana to produce natural graphite-based active anode material, which are critical for battery production. Google Cloud announced a Climate Innovations Challenge, opening up the company's extensive research tools to Earth scientists at universities and nonprofits. They're basically providing $100,000 in credits, giving the scientists resources to improve weather and climate predictions. On April 13th and 14th, the U.S. and the island nation Palau co-hosted the 7th R Ocean Conference, which resulted in 410 new commitments worth $15 billion from governments, the private sector, civil society groups, and philanthropic organizations. This year's conference was titled Our Ocean, Our People, Our Prosperity and focused on six areas of action, combating climate change, promoting sustainable fisheries, creating sustainable blue economies, advancing marine protected areas, achieving safe and secure oceans, and tackling marine pollution. This was the first time a small island nation hosted the conference, which provided a unique and very important perspective to the event. 
signatories to the Declaration of Zero Emissions in the Maritime Industry by 2050 doubled, which is important because if shipping was a country, it would be the eighth highest emitter. Several new marine protected areas were also announced. Now on to climate fails. The Ukraine crisis and the climate crisis are creating a worsening food crisis, and biofuels are not helping. Biofuels are becoming more relied on as countries try to shift away from Russian fuel, but they often come from crops like corn, putting more demand on an already strained food system. The European Union is pushing new policies that would devote up to 20% of the continent's farmland to fuel and electricity. And increased food insecurity, in turn, moves talks away from tackling climate change as people look for short-term relief through fossil fuels and chemicals, which worsens climate change and environmental degradation. It's a bad cycle, and we need to find our way out. Over in the U.S., current conservation and sustainable agriculture policies aren't working due to misplaced funding. For example, the Environmental Quality Incentives Program apparently has not been giving money to farmers interested in upping their farm's sustainability. Two-thirds are rejected due to limited funding down this pipe. All the money seems to be funneled into conventional farming operations, like concentrated animal feeding operations, or CAFOs, despite their lack of sustainability, according to the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. The fact that CAFOs were even allowed to be considered for the funding is questionable on its own. These operations produce emissions from manure and livestock and result in nearby water pollution and agricultural runoff. And the top utility companies in the U.S. are pushing back on climate policy, according to the Climate Think Tank Influence Map. More specifically, four companies are pushing for climate action, 10 have mixed engagement, and 11 are actively lobbying against action. Okay, one last climate victory headline. There's a new site online that's trying to encourage more film and TV writers to write their worlds in and around climate change. Good Energy, a playbook for screenwriting in the age of climate change, is made up of feedback from 100 film and TV writers and is funded by many organizations, including Bloomberg Philanthropies, Sierra Club, and Walton Family Foundation. The site's editor-in-chief, Anna Jane Joner, had this to say about the site. Quote, A big hurdle that we encountered was that writers were associating climate stories with apocalypse stories. The main purpose of this playbook is to expand that menu of possibilities to a larger array of how it would be showing up in our real life. And that was your climate news for Wednesday, April 20th. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.